All right, listeners, let's talk about STEM journals today. I want to help you get the most bang for your buck with your STEM journals in the classroom. Welcome to the iHeart STEAM podcast with your host, Bonnie Kirkley. Bonnie has been working in the STEAM education profession for the past 12 years. Her mission is to share her story with educators like you that love STEM, STEAM, and project-based learning. Currently, she works with a team of educators creating the ultimate STEAM certified school. Let her share the good, the bad, and the joyful with you in her STEAM journey. Learn everything you will ever need to know about STEM and STEAM education right here. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Kirkley. Okay, STEM journals or STEAM journals, whichever one you're using or not using, let's get you started if you're not. So we love the concept of an interactive journal with students creating creative ways to remember definitions and graphic organizers and plans for for things that they're going to do. But this is not a STEM or a STEAM journal. And I want to share with you why it's not And I'm not saying that the interactive notebook is not a good thing. I do think that students need a place where they can record things that they're learning in the classroom and a place that they can look back to as a reference. But a STEM journal or a STEAM journal needs to be a student collection of ideas, a place where they record their thoughts, a place where They write down questions that they notice, things that they want to figure out, how they're going to solve their problems. And obviously, if you are using STEM in the classroom, you have a design process. So they're going to be putting their design process plan in this STEM journal. So today is all about letting you know what it is and what it's not and why it can't be those things that we think it should be. And I am going to be the first person to tell you I've made this same mistake. I thought that there's no reason why you can't put a vocabulary word in there. There's no reason why you can't glue a graphic organizer in there. What's wrong with that? Well, what happens when you move away from that and it completely becomes only the student's idea only the student's place to collect data. They have more ownership over it, and therefore they're more engaged in what they're working on. And ultimately, you do want many of your projects to be student-led in the classroom when you're working with STEM and STEAM. So that's why this is so, so, so important. You can have two separate places. You can organize it in some other way, but if you make it an interactive notebook with vocabulary words and graphic organizers for concepts and ideas that you're studying, it is a study guide, not a STEM journal. So that is the first thing 
that we need to understand. It needs to be the student's ideas only. Next, yes, this is the place where they go through the engineering design process. I do create resources that have worksheets with the engineering design process laid out. But ultimately, what I would like for teachers to know when maybe they purchase one of my resources is that that's just a plan to show them what their students should move through during that STEM challenge or that project-based learning activity. You really want students to know that design process backwards and forwards to the point where they know they have to start with a question and they write their question down that they get to imagine next or brainstorm or ideate, whatever you want to call it. Lots of different words mean the same thing. They need to be able to feel comfortable with writing everything down or drawing that comes to their mind. They don't want to think of what's the perfect answer to this question. I need to put the perfect answer here because it's when we just let our ideas flow that we actually start to get creative and come up with new things that might really solve the problems we're working on. So it's a place for the design process. We don't want to fill it with worksheets and activities that we've printed off and students just glue in or put in there. And let's just face it, that becomes a huge mess anyway. You have papers flying out everywhere. My favorite kind of STEM journal is just that marble composition notebook because it's like a journal. I mean, it is a journal. It's blank. There's nothing in it. And there's no way for you to insert all kinds of things into that thing. Now, here's another big one. It needs to be unique to each student. So quite often, we do take them through whole group lessons, like say the engineering design process or STEM challenge. And that is okay during the first couple of times that you do that, because it does need to be modeled. And they do need to really understand the process so that they'll start remembering and using it on a regular basis. But it needs to be unique eventually to each student. It shouldn't be, okay, here's step one. Let's write down this question. And everybody, what do you think the answers are? Come up with one answer as a class and we all write down the same answer. It does not need to look that way. Again, if it's that, it's not really a STEM journal for that student. Next, when students do an activity that like they're going to be problem solving with and testing, that's part of the engineering design process. How can we improve it? It's also part of design thinking. The engineering design process and design thinking are very similar. The difference is that design thinking begins with empathy. So you create create empathy for the problem so that the students really connect with it and they're ready to solve that problem. What I found though is while that's great, when you're working on a project in the classroom and you use the engineering design process, empathy does develop along the way, especially if it was a student idea to begin with and it was a question that they had to begin with. So, when they come up with their own solution, not the same one that every child came up with or every student in the classroom came up with or as a whole, their data should look different from everybody else. 
If you're testing out two different things, data shouldn't be the same. And even if they're doing the exact same challenge, let's say you're doing that challenge with building a ramp, putting a marble on the ramp or a um, little toy car on the ramp, and you're trying to look at different elevations and you know maneuvering the ramp in different ways to see how far the car will go out once it leaves the ramp. There's no way that every student in the classroom can have the same data if you've got groups doing that or if virtually they've created at home. There's just no way. And this is the beauty that I realized right away with remote learning. Get them a STEM journal to get a STEM journal to them. How It's not hard to get them a marble composition notebook, but because they're at home and not with all the other students, Yes, you do want them to collaborate. Hopefully, you're going to give them those opportunities and breakout rooms and chat rooms, that kind of thing. But there's no way really for it to turn out the same when they're not in the same classroom. I always tell teachers, I do think you should have a STEM journal yourself, and they should see you going through the same processes that they are going through. And you need to hold back a little bit because you don't want them to just copy you and feel like you're on the right track and they're not. They've got to get comfortable with their own ideas. And they also have to get comfortable with failure. And when they get comfortable with that, they'll realize, I just need to improve it. It's not a big deal. We all want to have the right answer the first time, but nothing great happened the right way the first time. So back to the STEM journal, the data needs to be unique to each student as well. It should not be the same. And then finally, this is a quick podcast today because I have five main things I wanted to share with you. I wanted to tell you about how it's a place for student ideas. It is a place for the design process. It's unique to each student and it's data that's unique to each student as well. It needs to make sense to them, that data. They do need to figure out how to organize it on your own, and you're going to have a hard time with that because it's going to look messy. But let me tell you, this is your opportunity to conference with students, see if they can explain it to you. It's also your opportunity, if you're an English language arts teacher, to have them write complete sentences, to have them put in captions, to have them put in labels, to use all of those informational concepts and characteristics and see if they can do those things as well. So it's a place for you to check off that they have understanding in other subject areas. I love conferencing with students in their STEM journal. I love offering ideas and I love to hear their explanations. And I especially love when one of them comes up to me and I'm like, what is this mess? And they can completely explain it. I don't know if this is stereotypical, but, you know, very, very intelligent people sometimes write like chicken scratch and we can't understand it, but they do. You know, they just don't prioritize the handwriting so much. and. So it's something to think about. Just see if they can explain it to you. Have a good conversation with them. I love conversations. I think that is one of the best way to learn with students. Okay, so my final 
debunk or myth about STEM journals. It's not a place to glue in worksheets and diagrams. What it is, it is a place to draw sketches and designs that make sense to the student. And I always say, take a photo. A picture's worth a thousand words. Glue the photo in. If they design something and they can't actually put what they designed in the journal other than maybe a small plan or sketch, take a picture and put that picture in there. Scientists draw all the time. Have you ever seen scientific art? It is elaborate and detailed. Many scientists are considered artists. Who is the most famous scientist, steamologist of all time? He was a scientist. He created technology. He was an engineer. He was an artist. And he was a mathematician. My favorite, Leonardo da Vinci. He did it all. And if you've ever seen any of his real sketches, wow. He was sketching things that weren't invented until two and three hundred years later. Wow. Brilliant minds are unique. They need to be unique. And all minds need to be developed to be unique. Let the STEM journal or the STEAM journal be that students. And when they take ownership over it and they carry it with them all day and use it all day and it becomes their right hand next place they need to look, they'll start looking back to it. They will use it. They will engage with it and they'll be excited about it. And that is what you want. So that is my spill on STEM and STEAM journals. No more worksheets. It's okay to put one vocabulary word that's super important. No list of definitions anymore, please. No list of five questions they need to answer in there. No, let's do the whole project together as a class, unless it's just the first time, and we all have the same data. Unique, unique, unique equals ownership. All right. I have one question for you guys. Well, you know what? Before I give you that one question, I have to tell you something. Very shortly, STEAM University 2.0 is going to be released. It's coming soon. Very soon. And I want you to be ready. I want you to be excited because before I do that, you are invited to take my roadmap to STEAM Masterclass. It will be totally free. You can leave this masterclass knowing exactly how to get started with STEAM. I will tell you that I have looked at so many different STEM and STEAM curriculums. There are not very many STEAM curriculums. Most everything's classified as STEM, but there's obviously always an art piece that can be pulled out from it. They don't teach the fundamentals. They assume that you already know all of the design processes. They assume that students really understand what STEM or STEAM is. And I want to show you how to take a step back and lay the groundwork before you really get into the heavy project-based learning. So I want to welcome you. Be looking for the sign-up for my free Roadmap to STEAM Masterclass. And then shortly after that, 
Be on the lookout for the upgraded STEAM University 2.0, everything you'll ever need to know to get started and create the culture of STEM or STEAM in your classroom. It actually happens to be the day before Thanksgiving. So gobble, gobble, gobble. I heart STEAM. Do you I heart STEAM too?